0: I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, some alphabet talk, some meta talk, the illustrated journal and lots of fun things that can happen inside of that based on a simple prompt. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 486, an alphabet primer. And it is also the Do Not Eat if the Seal is Broken show. Has two titles because at one point I thought I'm going to have to split it, and then I decided no, just go ahead. And so, it's been a while. I don't understand how it's been a while. You've been on my mind. You have all been on my mind. The podcast has definitely been on my mind. It's been a while, but the magazine that I tore pages from so that I could throw it away yesterday, that was from 2007. And that's really been a while. So everything is relative. Always. And I feel like everything is meta. Always. Not the Facebook kind of meta. Meta has always been special way before that. Recursive and circular and layered, self reflective. It's too bad social media laid a claim. But then Google took the alphabet. I'm sort of always meta, and always sort of about the alphabet. The current company associations both do and do not dilute the feeling of that. I am meta, and some of you are too, but not all of you. We're all so different. I never lose sight of that. I always keep that in mind. I'm always aware of that. I always wonder about some of those differences, just like I wonder about people who don't have hobbies, I can't wrap my head around it. What do they actually do? That's always my question. And people who want hobbies, especially creative ones, but can't get past the required beginner state, I always want to help them. I want to encourage them. I understand the problem. Every time someone talks to me about this, I completely understand and I can see how hard it is. I can see that desire. I can see how much they want this thing, this creative habit, this routine, this project. They really want this thing and they get really emotional sometimes about wanting it, but also about why it's not working for them or why they don't think they can have it or why they think they're not good enough for it. I always want to help them. I always want to encourage them. But I know that in some ways the answer is simple in part because it involves the doing. And I do know and believe that the doing brings the satisfaction, and the comfort, the development of skill, the peace and the reward, whatever that means for you. For me, the reward has so much to do with balance, with calm, with keeping my hands busy. I've never been one to sit without doing something with my hands. It's partly why I don't like to go to the movies. I would rather watch at home, where I can draw, or do any other hand thing, knit, stitch, even play a game on my phone. The reward for me these days has a lot to do with balance. That wasn't always true. That's not where I started. We all start at a different point, a contextual point based on who we are and where we are, where we are in our lives how old we are, what is going on, what our responsibilities are, what our time is like. So many things play into the reason we take up and pursue and want creative habits. And so many things play into how easy or complicated or difficult it can be to make it happen a little bit a day can go a long way in terms of building a habit and building skill. So today my plan was to bring a few is and that's, a few this's and that's, and maybe too many this's and that's, and that's partly why I still thought I might have to break this. For those of you reading the Sunday mailing that I send out now, you will have read some of these things, but not everything. And some of you have told me that you prefer to read the newsletter, prefer that over the podcast, but not very many of you are at Substack. So I am still sorting some things out, sorting out repetition in some cases. Actually, I don't think sorting is even the right thing. I'm just trying to fit it all in. Over the weekend, I talked about the everything, everywhere, all at once mindset, Yes, exactly, the title of the movie. I am so much in that headspace right now. And it's exciting in some ways. It's also exhausting in many ways. I'm not sure how things will shake out. I'm just going step by step, day by day. And yet, (laughs) I am always the cautionary tale because you know me and my failed field of dreams mindset. I would say that right now, everything is going to get worse before it gets better because the next few weeks are loaded. The central point there is my son's college graduation. And there are all kinds of things I'm thinking about around that, trying to figure out what to wear. That's a huge one. And what's an appropriate thing to give? What might have meaning? That's really something I've thought about but all kinds of things, how to get all the stuff home, how we get there, how we manage to get to each part of the ceremony. There are a whole bunch of things. The graduation itself, what it really means, that I don't think I'm even really settling there yet in my mind. I just don't even know that I can. I still feel right there in those months before he was going away to school. I didn't think I could manage that. And now that's been four years. And some of you were here when all of this started, all of it, way, way back. Some of you remember the young artist. You associate the early days of the show with stories of creative kids and a creative mom, stories of his art, little bag of Tombow pens. You watched and listened as he went through elementary school, then middle, then the School of the Arts for high school, and then slipped away to college. The arts slipped away too for now. It's hard to wrap my head around it. But some of you have been here for those years and have gone through them yourself with your own kids. Some of you know me, my stories, the things I have shared, a bit of my history. You sort of know who I am, or you think you know who I am. Some of you have questions and guesses. Some of you enjoy the show simply as background noise. Some of you have been having coffee with me every Sunday at Facebook for years. Some of you have just found your way here, and it's all new. And I can't fill you in on all the parts and all the years and all the things I have talked about that probably parallel things you're thinking about or doing or asking or wondering, trying, hoping to build. We all are at a point in our lives and our contexts differ. And yet sometimes they circle around. They cycle. They parallel. They sync up in points and places. Sometimes they jump back and forth. And sometimes there's just a gap. The path is there. What is behind me is the path ahead of someone else. And there is a little bit of map of creative talk that has been charted, diagrammed, breadcrumbs marked, because I don't have Answers. I don't pretend to have answers. I don't want to have the answer for you. I like to raise questions and make you think. Well, we pick up where we are. And really, if you are rolling your eyes now at this little backward looking moment, just think the annual marker for the show is not that far off. It is something I think about every year as I approach that date. So, These days, so much meta, so much writing. What's been going on? What's been going on in the creative space? Because the rest of it, the rest of the context for me and what I do and why I do it and how I do it, there is context. There is reality, just as there is for you. This show is about the creative part, mostly the creative part. So what's been going on? A lot of writing, a lot of illustrated journal work, although we all do different amounts. Of course, everything is relative. We do different amounts. We have different habits. Mine is very much daily. And it's fine if people are doing way, way more or do it very differently. A return of a three things project with someone. There is an old show that is about that, and I will try and track down a reference. There was a show. A couple of projects that are at risk of getting sidelined, and I'm not going to talk about those today, but they are weighing on me. Another project that I'm still super excited about the possibility of, and a lot of research that I'm doing, thinking about it, and also thinking about a purchase, and... Ugh, The mental energy I waste overthinking, truly, truly. But I'm all itchy now to get started. I really am. So what else? We've got morning stories, some walking, and again, lots of time in my illustrated journal. I even switched journals. There have been some TV characters, some fun with the myriad holidays on the calendar. Who knew? It was so easy to get basically any day declared a special day. And I finally started trying out and putting some dot markers to use. Simple things. But really, things are good. You better put a gold star on that moment, this moment. Things are good. And that might have a lot to do with all the writing I did start tracking for NaNoWriMo again for the April camp month, and that was a belated decision, but it was a good one. It's a good approach for me. I have been reading Julia Cameron's Right for Life with a few people over on the Substack. I have continued my morning habit stack. That remains a comfort, and it feels so much a part of me. It feels like something that just fell right back into place, a little audible snap as it clicked back into place for me. It's been a long time since I had a morning routine before my work routine, and it's nice. I'll have company over the next month, so we'll see how well I am able to maintain it fledgling habits can be difficult, we know, and creative habits that are very solo can also sometimes be difficult. People often push these things aside, but I try and make my things continue. And this is one that I don't think will be a problem. I think morning can totally still work. The peace it offers me in the morning is something that I really need. After I finish my morning writing, I do this morning story. And this bit of poetry or reflection, the vignette, the moment of looking, whatever you want to call it, whatever you think of it when you read them, that has continued. It's the final step in the stack for me. And it is both an accountability step and a separate writing project of its own. So as a result of this Morning story, this separate thing that I started doing that just kind of grew out of the morning writing as part of my final, final step in this small window of time. As part of that, I have spent a lot of time looking out my window. Now, when I first started doing that, I didn't realize that it was going to end up mirroring or paralleling anything that I was reading i did not know and that kind of syncopation bothers me because i tend not to do what other people do i tend to go out of my way to make sure i am not influenced that is something i probably really need to think about and talk about a little more sometime but It has come up in all kinds of ways this year, not because I am doing things like other people, but because I've had to think about how I feel as I see other people looking at what I do and how I do it. But the spot I sit to do my morning writing, it looks out the back window. Tall trees that are part of the hillside. The trees there are, they're sort of ugly, but I have come to appreciate this specific spot and this view so much. And I have especially come to appreciate two little wedges of open space between trunks and limbs. And initially I was writing and there was always the same view and I thought it was this one wedge. And then one day I shifted a little bit because there's always stuff that I'm just trying to fit myself into this little spot on the table where... I work the rest of the day and there was a different little wedge. So there are two, there are two spots and those spaces, they are spaces between the branches. They create viewfinders across to some houses that wind around the top of a large hill, small mountain. I don't know. It's got a mountain name, but it's not huge. It's not a mountain mountain, but it's what I see straight across through one or the other openings in the trees. And every day, the light is different. Now, you know me. You know me in my walk to the top of my hill, where I can also look out at that same mountain. But this is a different view. This is a different time of day. This is different light. The sun also comes up directly to the east of those houses. Directly to the east of where I sit, I can't see it. There's a wall there. But most mornings, I see signs of it. I can see the sun because I can see these houses. I can see the sun because I see patches on the leaves of the trees that are transformed, infused with light, brightened, varying shades of green. And it's not This wash, this complete wash, the complete tree doesn't change. Just bits and pieces. You see the depth and the form. You see places where light is touching and hitting and covering and changing. And the same thing across the way, on the sides of these houses. And these are actually, I think, the backs of these houses, but they are positioned relative to me, at just enough of an angle that I see them as dimensional. I can see their sides not in the light, and then I can see the backs of them facing the light. And they are so often bathed in this golden light, and they have so many windows because I do think these are the backs, so many windows. And from where I am, it's, it's quite a ways away. These small little cube houses, with all these little windows that catch the light, and there's warmth on the sides of the houses, rosy warmth usually, and gold. The windows light up. It is completely magical on some mornings. Completely. It's almost happenstance that I ended up sitting in this spot, where I started doing these morning writing sessions, I had turned the table around. There's just this odd chain of dominoes. I turned the table around. I had a reason. I thought it was going to help something and it didn't quite work and I'm going to need to turn it back for the next few weeks. But I sit in a specific spot now partly because of the way I turned the table. And once I sat there... And I looked up and actually paid attention one morning. I paid attention to what I was seeing rather than just looking out the window. I realized I have this amazing view of morning and that it's all part of it for me now. This view is all part of it, sitting and looking through the window and across the way, listening to the traffic rushing below because it is a constant level of sound, listening to the sound of the wind seeing the wind through the trees, the mornings sometimes shrouded in fog, sometimes bathed in light, sometimes there are clouds and others not, and sometimes I can see all of that in motion. I look, I sit and I look. There's a hummingbird, cannot miss it, and squirrels. And every now and then there are birds in the distance that come flying in at just the right moment. Or, More likely, I happen to be looking at just the right moment. Serendipity. Because if we're not looking, we don't see. And none of this, none of this was supposed to be a poem of any form. This is just me talking really off the cuff so that you get the context for these morning stories that I am posting. Because after I finish my morning writing, I sit and then I write my short morning story. It has clear contours, though. I'm not... Overthinking it. It's really important. And I'm not overblowing it. I'm not overdoing it even. I'm not stopping and going and sitting at my computer and writing up this thing. Instead, I pick up my phone, I open the photo that I took of my coffee and my journal and my pen, and I write right there on the spot, on top of the image, on my phone, tapping out the bits of poem with the phone keyboard there's a rubric and a structure to it that makes it something unique in the doing because it has these really clear contours. It doesn't let me overthink it. And so there are a whole bunch of layers to this process, but I so enjoy it. I really do. And I know what I call them in my head and in my heart, but then I know who I am and who I've been, who I was more years ago than when you all met me. I know, and I know where these come from, and I also hear them. I know because I I hear them. I hear the words. If I read these things to you, you would hear them too. The morning stories, which is what I call the whole collection, I share them daily at Instagram in the stories, which of course very few people actually look at stories, but it's been a nice way for me to just always make that a part of my morning, at the final sort of moment, the closure on the morning. And I have started putting those into weekly bundles and posting them on the Substack because somehow that felt right. So if you are interested, you'll find several weeks of them there. My weeks go Sunday to Saturday because that is the way I do the illustrated journal and unfortunately that has meant that everything I'm doing now has to be done and ready for Sunday. So I've created a bit of a problem for myself in terms of timing and I do see it, but I don't quite know the answer. But the morning stories do go up either Saturday or Saturday night. So there are several weeks there. So back to the alphabet. Back to the alphabet. And I didn't realize I would be starting out with the Google mention when I started this show kind of just happened, and it's kind of funny, because it really does all connect. Not the Google part, but the alphabet part, because I came across this great word recently that was new to me, and I planned for weeks and weeks to throw it into my illustrated journal. I actually kept thinking I would make it a prompt in and of itself, but then I guess I kind of treasured it. So I held it and I kept holding it, waiting for the right time. And it just, there's never really a perfect time because there are so many things that we want to do and draw and talk about and include and write about. So last week I was like, okay, we'll just do a new word prompt and I'm going to do it. And you might tell me that you already knew this word, yet I didn't. I know a lot of words, but I didn't know. I've not run across this before. So if you know, then you're going to laugh through the beginning of this because I'm going to intentionally not be saying this word right. So the pronunciation is really part of what this story is all about. It's central to the story. So I'm going to spell it first and you write it down. Okay. A-B-E-C-E-D-A-R-Y. Now, again, without the cadence, because you're probably like, wait, 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 slow down. So, A-B-E-C-E-D-A-R-Y. Okay, now, say it to yourself, however you think it would be pronounced. Just say that word. Hear it in your head. Read it out loud. What is that word? So, when I found this word, this new-to-me word... I thought it was abacadary. And I can see now how that probably wasn't even a perfect phonetic guess on my part, but I still see it that way. I figured it must be an abacadary, an abacadary, sort of like an abacus, an abacadary, sort of like abracadabra. Eh, True, you got all A's in that one. I looked it up and discovered that a Written out alphabet is an abacadary, and I thought it was so cool. A new word, a word for these things we do when we write out the alphabet, a word for all these kinds of books that can be ABC books. (laughs) ABC books, ABC books, an abacadary. I figured I should check and discovered that instead it is an ABCdery, an ABCdery. I heard that the first time, and I looked at the word ABCdery, and I thought, no way. And of course, it makes total sense. Once you hear that, you can see it, the (laughs) "abc ABCdery, but somehow that pronunciation is so disappointing to me, An Avocadary sounds like a magical book something a wizard would have, something that would be tucked away somewhere special in a chest here or there, an abacadary, something you might have in a special spot on your shelf. I'm sure that Gaius in the Merlin TV show, if you know that one, would have had an abacadary, but not an ABCdery an ABCdery. Oh, I just really don't like it. No, no, no. That's all I can think is no, no, no. And I persist now. I just, I see it as abacadary. I'm glad it's not a word people routinely use because I would say it so wrongly in some other context sometime and be fairly embarrassed because I notice when people really do say words wrong, I've noticed it in videos and Sometimes I think, ooh, and then I heard someone the other day say a fairly common word wrong a bunch of times, and I thought, ooh, somebody should have caught that. So I am deliberately and willfully sticking with my abacadary, even though I know what it is. Well, it's fun. It will always be a little bit of a puzzle to me. In my head, I think of it and see it as abacadary. I've seen discussions before of words people always thought were pronounced one way because they read the word before they ever heard the word. And so they heard it a certain way in their heads. And then they discover that it's pronounced differently once they finally hear it. And there are all kinds of words that this happens with for people. It's Typically, fairly interesting. Anyway, you will find a few definitions of abacadary of abcedary, but they all center around a full alphabet written out. So, if you write the alphabet in your journal this week, you will have written an abcedary. Historically, it seems that an abcedary was sometimes an alphabet written or carved on stone. Webster defines it oddly, simply by linking to two other forms. The A-B-C-darium, I would have said the abacadarium. This all sounds so very Harry Potter or Wizard School-esque, right? The abacadarium. And they define that as an alphabet book or primer. And then the other word they define abacadary by is abacadarian, which has both noun and adjective properties. So it can be one learning the rudiments of something, such as the alphabet, as an adjective, ABC Darien, ABC ABC Darien simply refers to the alphabet, or to something alphabetically arranged. Another source I looked at gives ABC a noun form, a person learning the alphabet or a beginning student, any beginner or novice. But it can also mean rudimentary or elementary or basic, and ooh. Ooh, that changes it a little bit because then there's nuance. That's a completely different use case in some ways. It's not really, if you think of it as some of those definitions that say it is an alphabet primer, but when you start thinking about it as rudimentary, it's a little bit pejorative. It could be a little bit negative, a little bit of a diss to say that is so ABC Darian. Oh, ABC Darian. I had to write it out in my notes as ABC and not the A-B-E. Yeah, I had to write it out so that I was clear if I was going to say it properly. ABC Darian. Did you ever watch Darla? I have no idea why, but Darla, it's a cartoon character that was on when my kids were little, popped into my mind. I can see her talking about ABC Darian. I totally can. But see, I hear those words so wrongly. It's taken so much energy to say them as ABC words rather than abacadarian, abacadarium. For ABC Darien, Merriam Webster offers a historical tidbit. So this sums it all up. Quote: The history of ABC Darien is as simple as ABC, literally. The terms late Latin ancestor. ABC Darius, which meant alphabetical, was created as a combination of the letters A, B, C, and D plus the adjective suffix Arius. So that was ABC Darius. You can hear the echo of that origin in the pronunciation of the English term. Think ABC Darien. In its oldest documented English uses in the early 1600s, ABC Darien was a noun meaning quote, one learning the rudiments of something, end quote. It specifically referred to someone who was learning the alphabet. The adjective began appearing in English texts a few decades after the noun, end quote. So there were nested quotes there, which doesn't come across quite the same when you read it out loud. So apologies for any confusion. That whole thing is a quote from the dictionary. There's also ABC Darius, which came up in that definition. And that is a noun, but I found an alternate definition on that one. A poem in which the lines or stanzas begin with the letters of the alphabet in regular order. And they give a couple of examples. In this process of fact-checking and looking up these definitions, well, several things happened, but the first thing that happened is that I discovered that only 200,000 words are available at Merriam-Webster online if you use the free site. Did you know? Did you know? I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that the dictionary had a subscription plan. The word that I was looking for, I was informed, requires paid access to the unabridged dictionary, which would give me access to more than 250,000 additional words. I had no idea. I had a major access moment there that really, really, really stopped me in my tracks. Of course, there are lots of other dictionaries. The alphabet company is pretty good at offering up definitions anyway. can't say that I always go to Merriam-Webster. I just, this was a rare word. This word doesn't pop up everywhere. So I did land there. It's a little bit of a sad moment, though, to realize that in our a la carte world of paid access, even the dictionary has its limits. Okay, so weirdly, I listened to some other pronunciations today, just to make sure, because I had to wrap my head around this so many times to get it right, but it was kind of funny. In preparing for this show, everything I pulled up said it differently. Bizarre. Bizarre. I saw enough pronunciations that... I know that ABC-dery is most likely it. It makes sense, after all. It's about the ABCs, what I just read to you from Merriam-Webster about the history, the etymology. It all makes sense. So I think it's abc degree, But it was really interesting then to see so many incorrect things. And that's how it happens, right? This bad game of post office that we all play where we pass these things along incorrectly. And so you have to always remember that you cannot always trust what you see on the internet, right? It's a really simple example, but a good one, because a lot of people are watching little video clips that pronounce this word wrong. Some people are going to listen to this show and tune out at the point where I told you the right way to say it, and they'll be walking around talking about the abacadary. And I think that's kind of wonderful. So... I will link a few of the dictionary entries in the show notes just so you can see. A few that have a pronunciation you can play specifically. And mostly those are for ABC Darien ABC because ABCDary didn't seem to have its own entries most places, other than as a pointer to these other forms. And so uh, this was the point at which I thought I would need to break, and I still look at it and think, oh, you should break, but I talked myself out of it at some point because I just, I know my timing right now. And so I still want to mention a few other things and I'm going to do it super abbreviated. I still think I need to talk really fast like this because you might actually key in and listen a little bit more if I talk to you super fast, which I have to say is really how I talk in person. I kind of talk really fast. And part of me, I have this voice in my head saying, shorter is better. Amy, cut it. No one will find all the threads. No one will listen for so long. If you want them to hear this thing at the end, you need to cut it. I've gone back and forth. In recent weeks, there has been a lot going on in the Illustrated Journal. And I said that in the beginning, just sort of in my really loose, here's the landscape right now. Here's the layout of life. Some of the weekly prompts have proven to be a lot of fun. I was even writing recently about prompts and my own history with prompts, sort of, that I haven't shared anywhere, but it's something I've been thinking about as I work on this sort of total project about illustrated journals. But some of the prompts recently have been fun and unexpectedly fun, and I'm always really ready to embrace the unexpected and the whimsical in whatever I bring into my pages, because it is a counter to some of the real world things that go on every single day. And so that kind of back and forth that I know is in my pages works for me. So a spinach prompt gave me the chance to draw a Popeye and olive oil. It's definitely what came to mind for me when I saw National Spinach Day. I ate spinach pretty much I don't know, most days. So it didn't have to be that I would go way back, you know, to the 70s, but I did. And that led me to think about, well, led me to think about Wimpy and the I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, because I can see. So hear that. I, that's just a line that never leaves. But it led me to think about Captain Kangaroo and Mr. Green Jeans and Slim Goodbody. And I wrote about these characters and shows from my childhood a few Sundays ago. It was a lot of fun. And I don't really remember the shows. I don't really remember them, but they come up this vague sense of them. And more and more, I'm really, really Following those moments, trying to figure out what I can pull back out, what is there. In the comments that day, lots of other shows came up, lots of shows I watched, and I really loved seeing it. I still feel like I need to draw Gilligan, and in a few weeks, I definitely want to fit him in because that was a good one. That's definitely a good one. And there were lots of other shows. I think probably I was a little older when some of these other ones became things I watched all the time. Whereas I think Popeye and Olive Oil and Captain Kangaroo was probably really little. But I also thought about my own kids, and I don't know what they'll remember. Thinking of some of the shows we watched, names and characters, I can easily make a list, just some of the names that stick with me, and something really compelling about it, nice about it. Something concrete, tangible about a time period that I just really don't have a real good firm hold on. I know, I know they're not that old. I'm not that old, but it's something, something about me. A lot can happen when National Spinach Day is on the prompt list, even quiche. Even quiche can happen. I actually made quiche a week or so ago. Best quiche ever. And if you know the reference from the podcast, then you know. But either way, it really was the best quiche ever. On another Sunday, hand signs and ASL came up along with Spock and the Live Long and Prosper sign. And I know you are now going to hold up at least one hand and see if you can do it. I'm doing it right now. I'm not sure we can stop ourselves. I really don't know that I can talk about it without trying it. It always feels very mind over matter. I know when I look at my one hand and I think, okay, hold those two tightly together, now separate. I can totally do it with one hand. My other hand is sort of not quite. I can sort of do it, but not quite. So you can probably do it. And there's a history to that too, which one of my readers took the time to look up and share a little bit about, and I didn't know. So there is a lot layered into this hand thing that many of us associate with TV and Star Trek. And then there were animal crackers. More information about animal crackers than you could possibly hope for with your Sunday morning coffee, tea, or water, or your your walk, or whatever time of day you read. You know, hopefully you weren't reading while walking. See, it's hard to not think of it as a podcast. I read lots of funny things in preparing that piece, Lots of talk about exactly how kids approach eating animal crackers. It was kind of funny. But it was all interesting. And the joke, it's shared countless ways. But it also boils down to something like, I had to throw out the box of animal crackers because the seal was broken. So, it's funny. Many of you know that I have this weird attachment these days to this kind of simple joke. I was surprised to realize that there even is a seal in the box. But apparently so. I don't remember. I don't have some strong attachment to animal crackers. The monkey is the only animal cracker to wear clothes. The monkey apparently has on pants and I tried to find a really clear photo online, but I couldn't really tell that in the images I saw. I still can't tell. I I really tried. Ultimately, most of the animal crackers I saw were a bit hard to tell anyway. The ones that I drew definitely were. These are super simple shapes and it really makes you stop and realize that super simple shapes can convey a lot because people realize they're animals and can distinguish between them. It doesn't take all that much to indicate elephant. I still found it kind of amazing that kids know what's what, that we expect them to be able to sort out these animals and label them, and then, yes, break the heads off. Or bite the heads off. Yeah. Yeah. Animal crackers took a turn. Mother's iced circus animal cookies, though, came to mind. You know, the pink and the white ones with the little sprinkles or dots on top. But those are cookies, not crackers. I fact-checked because when they came up, I thought, oh, those are animal crackers, but they're cookies. And there seem to be several distinctions between cookies and crackers, even though most people eat animal crackers as sort of like a sweet, but not too sweet treat. All the things you learn when you draw a simple cracker, sometimes called a biscuit, in your weekly journal, it's been interesting week to week to see what comes up. So often, these are super simple drawings that I include or character drawings from shows and book covers. I've drawn book covers a couple of times. In recent months, I also did comic book covers. And those are some of the things I most enjoy doing. The book cover is actually a prompt I repeated recently for myself. And I just really enjoy doing it. And for me, part of me is doing it. And part of me is sometimes thinking about the whole context and history that is encapsulated, even in what I see and what I'm doing. They bring with them pathways of memory, trivia, random information, and definitely that, definitely random information. I hope you are enjoying your projects. You should be enjoying your projects. Things that should be fun. Your projects shouldn't feel like chores. Yes, maybe they are tasks in some way, depending on the kind of habit you have. Definitely know that I'm going to do it every day. It is a task. It is a line in the planner, right? But I enjoy it. And that is why I continue to do it. I don't enjoy cleaning the bathroom or sweeping the floor. So even if I write that on my list, chances are really good I'm not going to do it until I have to, until the day before my mother arrives okay. That's the truth. I enjoy my nightly session with my journal. If I can work in extra time, I do. Most of my extra time goes to writing. I enjoy my morning whole process right now. That's making me super happy. It's also making me super mm, scattered, but I'm trying to tunnel my way through, stay focused I hope you have May projects that you are looking forward to. May was always the month that I associated with a favorite graphic novel project, and it's been a long time. I pull that journal down every once in a while, and it still is one of my favorite things. It is something that I feel like I would pick up again every May, and I would make plans and have good intentions to continue it, And it would fall off somewhere along the way. But every May, there I was again. And it is something that in some ways evolved into the illustrated journal. It had a whole lot to do with it. It's one of sort of the branches that I think all came together. Everyone has an origin point. Everyone has an origin story. Everyone has points of pivot. Everyone has points of pivot. If you don't have a project on tap for May, then maybe it is the perfect time to give illustrated journaling a try. You could try daily. You could try weekly. You could start simple. Some people just do it all in one day at the end of the week. Some people work every day. Some people do a page a day. There's all kinds of ways to keep an illustrated journal. I say it over and over and I will always say it. Do not let anyone tell you there is only one approach. And honestly, you can look back through the years and there are all kinds of projects that today would be called an illustrated journal. And at some point they might have been called something else. There is not a single way to do this. If you don't know what to do or how to start prompts like the ones I suggest for Illustrate Your Week, they can help. They can help you get started. I have a lot of things to post about this, but I do have a post up of things you can repeat and sort of things you can say, okay, I want to do these five things every week or for a couple of weeks. Or you could say, I don't know what to do this week. I'm going to go mix and match and sort of come up with a set. You can randomize it however you want. There's also a post on things to letter and that can be a really good way for people to work on something creative And visual alongside their notes because you want to be recording something about your day. So, record a detail about each day and draw an icon or two to represent something from the day. It can be that straightforward. That's all you need. You could fit a month on a page. Just make a note about the day. It can be as abbreviated as you want, it can be as shorthand or as coded or encoded or vague as you want as long as you know what it means, and make an icon or two that goes with it. You'll be practicing those icons. Super important. And I posted a little bit recently about why I do icon practice. So there's a lot being posted that I keep wanting to push people to and point people to, and I would highly recommend trying illustrated journaling. It doesn't matter if you do illustrate your week, but I hope that you're journaling. So I always hope that. And if you don't have a journaling practice, then definitely try the morning, the morning thing. You can go look up morning pages. If you don't have any idea how to start, that would be Julia Cameron. And you don't have to read any of the books because there are so many synopses and write-ups out there that tell you how to do this. Or you could read something like Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. But any kind of free writing exercise you find will help you sort of get started with how to do basically a free writing. If you try to set it up so that you do it at the same time or near the same time or the same point in your day, it is morning if you're following certain approaches, but you you do you. You do you. So I hope you're journaling, but I would encourage you to consider adding a little bit of visual to it. And as you start doing it, you might start seeing that you like bringing these things together and having them in one place. And you sort of continue that and you evolve that and gradually you're doing more and more illustrated journaling. And don't worry how other people do it or how much. Don't worry about the approach. Don't worry how much. Don't worry if theirs is all in color or if yours is all contour and theirs is all realistic paintings. It's fine to be inspired by other people's work as long as it doesn't throw you. You don't have to do what anyone else does. You shouldn't. But it can be hard when you're seeing all these examples, especially when you're getting started. It can be hard to remember that you need to do you. Record your life your way. In whatever way works for you right now. And you might find that changes. It evolves. You might change week to week. It's totally okay. I am the art. The art is me. So, I know this is so long. Oh, it's over an hour. Okay. I should have split it, but I just couldn't. One long one, I will push through. I know that I might not be back until June. It's kind of heartbreaking because I do have a show I really, really want to do. Something I really, really want to talk about because I don't hold things. Once I write them or come up with them, I either post them or record them. And that's always the way I don't like to hold things. I could never sit on something for like two years and not tell you about it. I couldn't do it. So. Chances are it will end up in a newsletter because I don't think I can record during these coming weeks. So today, maybe we all need to go write the letters of the alphabet, our own ABC-dery, ABC-dery, abc and ABC-dery. Have I driven you crazy enough? Maybe you will go draw an animal cracker. If you go and buy yourself a little box, take some photos, send them to me. Maybe I'll look. I don't think I've seen them. I mean, I don't notice these things in the store, but maybe, maybe they're there and I just don't look in the right places. Who knows? I don't really want them. I don't, I wouldn't eat them. It's just not my thing. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. Yeah, I don't do that. But maybe you'll go draw an animal cracker. You can look them up online. That's what I did. I found a page. Mine turned out to not be Barnum's Animals Cracker. Barnum's Animals Crackers. If you read the Sunday thing, you'll hear all about all of this. So maybe you'll go share a silly joke with someone. Maybe you'll share a silly joke about a broken seal with someone. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And that is it for today. I apologize that it's so long. I also apologize it has been so long since the last show. If I could sort out how to get myself here and to the Substack and make it all work, I could get back in a regular routine and I am trying. I am trying. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, thank you for being here. There are a bunch of shows through the years and I think you could probably just throw a dart and listen to anything and you'd get some creative talk and you'd probably hear some of the same things because I talk about a lot of the same things uh, again and again and again. And that repetition doesn't bother me quite so much in a podcast. Yeah, I got a lot to think about. So I am Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The substack is illustratedlife.substack.com, and I will link to that in the show notes. You can find me at Instagram as OAmyOAmy. I share my own work there, and I do share the illustrate your week prompts there, but I share more about them each week on the Substack as well as some additional prompts because I would like to move people to obviously to use the Substack. I also post them there way earlier. So if you are somebody who likes to get an early start, then they will be on the Substack. So if you sign up, it is free to sign up. Those prompts are free and if you sign up, you'll get it in your inbox on Sundays with a link to the prompts. So please consider that. So again, at Instagram, I'm oamyoamy. And I would love to connect with you there. So I like to see your work. I like to share the work of people who are in my community, who are either drawing with me on Sundays, or who are working on Illustrate Your Week, or their own version of an illustrated journal. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. Thank you to those of you who have supported the show through the years in the past. Your support has made all the difference, and I really appreciate it. You can support the show through donations, mostly at Ko-fi, and the link to that is in the show notes. And there is also an Amazon wish list. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you, and don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone. Have a good couple of weeks. Have a good month of May, because I really think it will be a month. And I do still have some drawing sessions, though, that I will be holding. If you are someone and you hear this and you're really looking for a really casual group you can draw with, you can reach out to me. There will be plenty of sessions over the summer. You know, drop me an email and let me know, and we'll see what we can do. And thank you to those of you who already draw with me. It is really has become one of the highlights of my week. And that is because all of you and you make each week fun and casual and we get some drawing in. I get a portrait or part of a portrait drawn before night. And I think that's awesome. So have a good week, everyone. And good luck with your end of April and your projects. But really, you know, definitely line something up for me.